0: Hello and welcome to Chickflix. I'm Mackenzie Chapman, and I'm Bridget
1: Hovell. And in this episode of Chickflix, we're talking about two body horror movies by David Cronenberg: The Fly
0: and The Brood. But first, let's catch up. What are you into?
1: Oh, um, okay. So I've had a lot of time to myself, as most everyone else has. Um, <laughs> not this is like. There's no way to sound this without sounding like a douche, but I have been doing a lot of reading, um, <laughs> and I um, got from. Uh, Kindle, this new book that got a lot of like buzz, both negative and good buzz, um, a few months ago called My Dark Vanessa. It's the first uh, novel by this author whose name is escaping me at the moment. Um, but it's about a 15 year old's uh, like sexual affair with her high school teacher. And it's told in two timelines one as the affair is happening in the early 2000s, and then one in 2017 at the height of the Me Too movement where the girl. Hears that her, um, the man she was having this like prolonged affair with, has been accused of sexual assault by a number of other students, and the thing that has made has made it like kind of controversial is that the main character Vanessa is like really obstinate in that she was not abused and she's not a victim, so she like refuses to cooperate with journalists who are trying to break the story about her, her like ex boyfriend basically is how she views him, mm-hmm. um, and she refuses to kind of like support the other victims, um, and it's good i it's one of those things where i'm like i don't know if this is a good book but i can't put it down you know Mm -hmm. Um, i'm like reading it super quickly Uh, i'm really interested to hear what other people think because i think sometimes it's like it's a book where there's like two different opinions about the me too movement Mm -hmm. kind of like crammed into different characters opinion like perspectives and i don't know if Mm -hmm. that's very naturalistic sometimes Mm -hmm. anyway enjoying (laughs) it recommend it Uh, if someone else is reading it uh please let me know because i'd like to talk about it i've also watched uh the Safdie brothers film good time for the first time have you seen that no i it's in my list though i just bit the bullet i had started it before because i knew it was just going to stress me out i would say it is not as stressful as uncut gems um (laughs) robert pattinson is so good in it um i really enjoyed it i thought it was it was really really good it's it has a huge bummer ending um So it's like, it's not, does not put you in a good place, but I think yeah. watch it for Robert Pattinson's performance. And, okay. uh, this is also tangentially related to the Safety brothers, but I have been enjoying the new, the weekend album who it's complicated because I don't find him very like charismatic or interesting as mm-hmm. like an artist, but I like his music and I, I don't know how that can be that I'm like not interested in him, but he has some bops, you
0: know? Okay. Yeah. I'd that's fine he has a song on his
1: new album called blinding lights that i think i like because it sounds like take on me by aha uh-huh. oh yeah
0: that's that's cute yeah i should listen i haven't ever listened to the weekend ever yeah so. i mean
1: i will not <laughs> defend him i am not a weekend fan but i enjoy <laughs> i don't know how to i don't, I have complex feelings with him
0: okay <laughs> okay what, what are you into mckenzie <laughs> I got Animal Crossing, just, like, uh, an a half, so a uh, I don't have a Switch. Ian has a Switch, and we can have, like, we share an island, so. Um, but it's just, you know, it's just, you get to, like, I'm do so chores. I'm so jealous. It's cute, and, like, my little house is so cute. And my brother has made it into an art. Really? Like, the shit he has done on his island—it's insane. I can't believe it. Send pictures. He's a time, time traveler. So. A
1: time okay. traveler?
0: Uh, I don't know what that means. That—that that means he can like re- he like gets stuff faster because he just he'll spend like ten minutes on one day and then like change it to the next day so everything refreshes. Uh, so he just like gets stuff faster. Which is frowned upon in the Animal Crossing community, but. I, you know, I admire what he's doing with his island. He's gaming it's really system. impressive. <laughs> yes, I support that. Um, <laughs> uh, and I've also been watching every single video on the BA Test Kitchen, like YouTube, the Bon Appetit YouTube channel. Oh. Like, I just have been mainlining them. Yeah, it, they're like my new coworkers because like they're working on their stuff and i am also working you
1: know what i think is so appealing is that they all have such good chemistry and such pot like good positive banter where i was watching the the brad and chris episode where they make um like these mint
0: candies and i was like how can this be real that they all get along so well i know i think there probably is tension that they edit out (laughs) because they hint at it but i think they're all like professionals and they just like work well together like like Claire's kind of crabby. Yeah, she's crabby for sure. But everyone's just like Claire's crabby. She who she is. She's allowed to be crabby also
1: because she's a genius. If that works for men, yeah, then it works for Claire. Uh, she is,
0: yeah, she is a genius. I. Love she is her. a
1: genius. It's like you know how people talk about different types of intelligences, which I don't know yeah. how I believe in. You know, like <laughs> tactile intelligence, whatever. I'm like whatever yeah. her intelligence is. It's like problem solving. She is just like yeah. Put her in charge of the government yeah
0: <laughs> i agree oh my god i love her mm-hmm. anyway the final thing that i'm into is the show on orthodox on netflix it's really short it's four episodes and like an hour long each and it's about um a woman named esti who uh sort of escapes her ultra orthodox jewish community in brooklyn um she is in a marriage and she's unhappy, arranged marriage that she's unhappy with, and she goes to Berlin. And then her husband and his cousin also go to Berlin to like track her down. Um, but it's really interesting. It's like a deep dive into the ultra Orthodox, this one particular ultra Orthodox community in Williamsburg, which is like unique to other mm-hmm. Orthodox communities because it goes there's a whole making of the show after (laughs) the show ends oh that's interesting so i watched that too so it goes further into that in the making of um but it's just really good it's like almost documentary like in some parts Mm -hmm. and it's really cool to see her literally get her own voice because she is a singer (laughs) Oh wow! So it's just cute and heartwarming, and but well, I don't—I I shouldn't have called it cute. She's cute mm-hmm. as a person, but <laughs> um, it's good. Nice. Well, we recommend.
1: <laughs> we're gonna pivot hard from talking about cute stuff. <laughs> now, I'm an insect who dreamt he was a man and loved it. Wait, should I try to do this as Jeff Goldblum? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm an insect. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm an insect who dreamt he was a man and loved it. But now the insect is awake. So speaks Seth Brundle, a scientist whose life's work teleportation leads to his ultimate demise as a human fly hybrid. Over many years, Brundle refined teleportation pods that would allow an object or being to enter one pod and repeat, reappear in the other. When he attempts to test the telepods on himself. Brundle unwittingly enters alongside a fly. The fly's DNA mixes with and then overtakes Brundle's, resulting in his transformation into a hideous, gigantic fly being. His lover, a journalist named Veronica, can only watch helplessly as Brundle becomes the fly. Made in 1986
0: by David Cronenberg. This episode is about body horror, which Mm -hmm. I like. Yeah, I mean. I mean, as much as you. I mean, I like. I'm interested. You in know that. what the thing is about body horror? It makes
1: you react with your full body when watching. Yeah. <laughs> like, watching The Fly yesterday, I was
0: like, uh! yeah. you know, and, like, yeah. covering my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving my body. I, it's like when you're, like, afraid. Like, I'm very afraid of rats, but I'm also, like, sort of fascinated by them. Mm-hmm. Even though they give me, like, nightmares if I think about them too much yeah. and stuff. So, I, it's the same thing with body horror. Yeah. It's like you don't want to look at it but you want to look yeah and it's very weird i think cronenberg
1: is really good especially at identifying points of the body that are particularly upsetting to you have things oh. fucked with like nails yeah. teeth yes uh eyes uh mm-hmm. stuff like that uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is really really disturbing. and he's good at
0: like poking it yeah he's like oh like you have this cut let's just like fucking investigate the cut yeah <laughs> and, and that's the whole like, movie literally <laughs> yeah poke <it>. yeah
1: so, <laughs> so this movie uh was made after the other movie we're going to talk about the brood and i think this is it's an interesting comparison because this is a much more like it's like a romantic tragedy um mm-hmm. as well kind of about how Jeff Goldblum's character becomes the fly and, um, Gina Davis, who was his in real life girlfriend at the time plays this journalist who becomes involved with him and kind of has to watch as he, uh, degrades into this monster. Um, Mm -hmm. what did you think of Gina Davis's character and performance as Veronica, the journalist?
0: I, um, she, I thought she was really good. I mean, I think, like when the movie started and you were introduced to both characters, mm-hmm. I was very on edge with both of them. I didn't like either of them in the beginning. Mm. Um but they they as they like got more comfortable with each other, I think I got more comfortable with them and I like ended up liking them both more, I guess. Yeah.
1: I think Gina Davis does a lot with this performance, considering that her character is so th- thinly sketched really. Like she's mm-hmm. a journalist mm-hmm. and she falls into this like really cliched trope of not only sleeping with her source, but her boss as well. Uh, she has in the love triangle with both of them and (laughs) you know, like that really sucked. But at the same time, Mm I, I, I thought that she, her performance was like really lovely and very sad and tragic. I think she kind of, Mm -hmm. she, you know, it's obviously like disgusting and horrific what's happening with Jeff Goldblum, but you feel Mm -hmm. that way also because you're watching it through her eyes. Um, Mm -hmm. Which brings me to kind of, like, an interesting point about the movie, which is she, he is much more sexualized, I think, in this movie than she is.
0: I would say so, too. Yeah. The whole, like, gymnast scene when he becomes, like, superpowered, powered yeah. from the fly DNA or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get to that. And he—he's <laughs> just like covered in this sheen of sweat. And he was ripped, even as just a stay-at-home scientist. He was like, yeah. but he always like he's the one going into the pod naked. Oh yeah, he's naked a lot. Uh, he's walking around shirtless, na- working out.
1: Working out. He is definitely his body is more of an object of curiosity than Gina Davis's body mm-hmm. for sure, um, mm-hmm. which is such a reversal of a horror movie.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But I feel like it still, I feel like body horror is so tied into, like, uh, experiences that women actually go through, Ooh, like, childbirth and stuff. And I think that, like, uh, it's, like, almost unavoidable in any, like, body horror depiction. Like, this has, like, uh, there's, like, an abortion narrative yeah. along with that main, like, him turning into a fly, there's also this, like, side plot of, like, an, a, like maybe uh, Veronica is pregnant with a fly baby. Yeah. Um. And then the same thing with the brood, like, mm-hmm. the, like, she has, like, a fetal sac on the outside yeah. of her body.
1: Yeah, well, that's such an interesting point on your part that, like, why body horror is upsetting is also because it kind of makes, it, like, recreates like, stuff that happens to, um, like, female body people uh, or people with a uterus, you know, or people who have a womb. Um, and in that reason, you know, it also makes you think of like how the menstru- menstrual cycle is a touch point for a lot of horror movies too. Cause I mm-hmm. think it's unknown and upsetting mm-hmm. to the people who are making the film. Um, mm-hmm. And like you were saying, the abortion plotline is really interesting because Veronica's reaction to learning that she has this possibly like deformed, monstrous fetus inside of her. Mm-hmm. She says like pretty forcefully, like I don't want it in my body. And it's mm-hmm. a parallel to like Seth also having like this outside agent in his body that is changing him. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's really upsetting. I, there's like mm-hmm. there's so many movies like that where the woman maybe has like a monster baby though, you mm-hmm. know, which mm-hmm. I can think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes it really, really, really upsetting. Um, Barbara Creed in The Monstrous Feminine, which is like this pretty amazing book about horror movies where monsters appear as women or women appear, appear as monsters. She writes that in the 1986 remake of The Fly, the question of the heroine's pregnancy haunts the latter part of the film once we know that her scientist lover is metamorphosing into a fly. These fears are expressed in a hideous nightmare in which the heroine sees herself giving birth to a giant maggot. It slithers from between her legs, emphasizing that the woman, because of her reproductive capabilities, is not far removed from the world of nature. Her generative functions position her on the side of the abject. And I thought that was interesting that, like, Seth is transformed into a monster because of his, like, ego and his hubris, Mm -hmm. whereas Veronica's monstrous potential is always present as a woman. Yeah.
0: So I think it's interesting that Mm. even though... Seth is, uh, like you said before, like his body is more of like a focal point in the yeah. movie. It's like almost by, by default, like Veronica's body is also has to be focused on just because she's a woman, you know. Like it's like yeah, brought into it just because she's a woman and we focus on women's bodies. Yeah, exactly. Which is just in like every piece of like m- like a movie or especially in like sci-fi and stuff where it's like like I was thinking about the book Neuromancer which is like a people say it like started the sci-fi whatever mm-hmm. and um but like the woman that main character gets like bodily modifications to her like she gets like enhanced eyes and like things like Ooh. for like cyborg basically she yeah. becomes like a cyborg but like the man is like oh he like it's all about his, like, mind. and like, mm. Which is present in this movie, too. Present in this movie I th-
1: and in The Brood.
0: Yeah, I think that, like, I don't know. It's like, Kronenberg is, like, trying to, like, ta- like connect the mind and the body, which I think is interesting. But yeah. I think that even though he's trying to show a connection between the mind and the body, there is still this binary mm-hmm. between like the woman and the man.
1: Yes, 100%, 100%. Let's talk about uh Jeff Goldblum's transformation too. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I was like laughing thinking about like okay. So Peter Parker gets bit by a spider and he develops <laughs> like spidey senses that are recognizable as like things that spiders do, you yeah.
0: know?
1: <laughs> and he has webs like a spider. Uh Jeff Goldblum becomes like when he starts to when he is imbued with the fly DNA, becomes like super horny, super strong. Uh and then like later he can projectile vomit and then uh disintegrate stuff, which is an actual mm-hmm. fly trait. But mm-hmm. I don't think anyone associates uh flies with being like, like super horny. Sexy or sexy.
0: <laughs> or yeah, like it's like what is this? I think that like I think part of it was what he suspected. He like said in the movie, like, I think that the computer has this idea of like what an I- ideal human is, uh, and yeah. it once it puts you through the machine, it like makes you an ideal version yeah. of that. So I think that part of it was like the computer that, yeah, what his like conjecture was like right, possibly. Um, but yeah, I don't. I guess flies are strong. Aren't they strong? I don't know. I don't know. Are insects strong?
1: I don't know. I mean the ant is very strong. I know that yeah. about that from that from Paul Rudd, but um <laughs> don't really don't really know. Um what what was the sequence or special effect that you found most
0: upsetting in this movie? The nails were the most upsetting. That was really hard. By far. Because I think that we have all experienced pain around our nails at some point or the other just yes. like it's such a tender area like that it's uh, vulnerable too, because like your fingers yeah. are something you put out
1: into the world you know yes. as like your first introduction to most they're things. like a
0: probing yeah uh, vulnerable thing and I think that it's just so visceral when you see someone like tear off a nail
1: yeah uh, the one that got me I think it, because I I knew it was coming but I just like forgot what it was like was when he is ar- uh, Jeff Goldblum is like arm wrestling some men at a bar, and he just, like, fucking tears off this guy's hand. I was like, ah! When I saw that. (laughs) That was really upsetting. The bone is, like, protruding. Yeah, it's bad. When he starts vomiting, like, this milky substance, that was really hard Mm -hmm. for me, too.
0: Yeah, the milky substance is really gross. I found it very unbelievable that Veronica would still hug Oh, me too, me too, me too, me too, too, me too. Like, he brought, the first time, his ear falls off, and she's like, I'm then going in for vomits, the hug. Then I think, and then she hugs him. And I was like, whoa, she really loves him. <laughs> like- I saw this tweet
1: that was the scene from The Fly where first you just see Gina Davis and she's like really upset. She's like on the verge of tears and she's like, uh, I just, I just wanted to check in on you and see how you are. And then it pans like a quick cut to Jeff Goldblum looking, you know, just terrible and the caption yeah. of the tweet was women are such rider dies <laughs> uh yeah, to, a, yeah. <laughs> to maybe a fault <laughs> um oh so a lot of people kind of read a aids allegory into this movie which mm-hmm. i thought was interesting cronenberg mm-hmm. has said he was thinking of it more of just general like watching a loved one become sick um mm-hmm. and die or like or the, the aging yeah. process but i think you could definitely read, um, do a, a reading of this where it's related to AIDS. Um, yeah, the basic premise of *The Fly*. This is from the DB commentary. Um, is that about two lovers, one of whom contracts a disease, and the other is forced to watch, and ultimately helps the sick one commit suicide? Um, Cronenberg says, but you have to consider how many people have given themselves their own death sentence in the mirrors, in their mirror, in their bathrooms by discovering that the thing in the shower or the mirror. What is he saying here? Sorry, <laughs> I'm not sure what this quote is. Yeah, I
0: think it's like saying like, "Oh, you find like like if you find like a lump in uh, your mm-hmm. whatever, then you know that like something's wrong. wrong." And he sort of, I think Seth sort of goes through this. He finally has this realization that he might be dying when he's like looking in the mirror and his nails are falling off and pus is coming out mm-hmm. of his pores, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh shit, am I dying?" I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. And they were dating
1: in real life at this time, too. Goldblum and Gina Davis. Mm-hmm.
0: Jeff Goldblum doesn't do it for me. Not me, neither. I, you know... Especially in this movie.
1: <laughs> His hair is very strange. Like, before the fly transformations, I was like, what's going on with your hair, buddy?
0: Yeah. And he he's also just sort of creepy. Like, he his whole i don't know.
1: Yeah. The other day Tim asked me like has Jeff Goldblum done anything really bad? And I was like he hasn't been like outed or anything, but I think the consensus I think he was. Well, I think the consensus is like he's just a generally creepy guy. You know, like Yeah, yeah he's just yeah, like a general so. your garden variety yeah. creepy man. Like t- yeah, touching and, like, young women. Yeah, like, like there's a picture young. of him you see all the time on Twitter where he's has his arms around these two blonde girls and is like holding their necks, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So his wife right now is much younger than him. Oh. Yeah. He's just, he's just, he's a lot like an insect already. <laughs> yeah, actually, he's very well cast. For sure. They both are, they both are very well cast. And I think this, I kind of, I do applaud him for taking on a movie that he is obscured for the a large percentage of this movie and yeah. his
0: performances.
1: um could be could have been hindered by all the prosthetics by another actor, but he's, he's yeah. quite good
0: in this. I like how how much there is to talk about with this movie, mm-hmm. and how like tight it is. It's a very like um, oh yeah, it's such a simple premise, but it's like they really are very they like explore it to its fullest. Yeah, like, it's economic. Rate. Yes, it's very good. I like this movie a what lot. What did
1: you think of the ending, though? So the ending is Veronica sh- kills uh, Jeff Oldham
0: <laughs> I can't see any other way that it would end.
1: I thought it was just abrupt. I was waiting for there to be, like, a epilogue,
0: you know? I read that there were a bunch of possible epilogues, uh-huh. and they were, like, they were just like, no. Just end it. No epilogues. One yeah. what, what, possible epilogue was that she gave birth to a oh
1: yeah i read that too that would be a very <laughs> cloy ending i also read that she was gonna end up with her old lover slash boss
0: oh one, my god two. i yeah that would be horrible i was like i think everyone hated it yeah. everyone hated the ending yeah. including including kernenberg and so yeah thank god that didn't
1: oh happen. he was she, she was so terrible. bad he was like sexually harassing her and then like towards yes. the end of the movie you're like wait am i supposed to be rooting for this guy now
0: i know this is terrible I was like who I did think that at the end I was like who would have thought that this like evil ex who was stalking her would turn out to be like
1: the hero, hero he's guess. helping her get an abortion I was like this is very conflicting yeah. for me yeah very strange oh Cronenberg appears in that scene as the gynecologist too
0: I yeah I read that was because Gina Davis didn't want some random actor like up in her business so mm. she wanted it to be Cronenberg <laughs> but i'm like was she like I, I don't think it was
1: explicit though it wasn't i mean also a so movie like, set put on yeah fake it
0: yeah i know i was like she was probably wearing like pants yeah like, that's very 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 weird anyway okay this first one star review
1: just made me laugh the wording the most horrible movie in my life
0: <laughs> i like it too i made me laugh yeah it's a good one this one the la- the second one confused me it says, That's this here. movie has one redeeming value. It has inspired what has to be the all-time classic worst pun in the history of the world. It came from Bob Hope. Hey, did you see this new movie, The Fly? Jeff Goldblum plays a mad scientist who accidentally turns himself into a giant fly. My favorite scene in the movie is when the scientist and his wife are sitting in a restaurant. The scientist drinks a bowl of soup and his wife turns to the waiter and says, Waiter, there's a soup in my fly. It's not, it's not
1: a pun, really. It's so confusing. It's so long. <laughs> it is so long, and uh, I I don't believe that's the movie one one redeeming quality is that it made a bad pun.
0: Yeah, no, not at all.
1: There could have been more fly humor in this movie.
0: I think so too. Yeah, they, there could have been more fly action. Like I yeah. really liked when the computer made that like diagram. Oh of yeah, the fly. Yeah, yeah, I loved that. We could have there had more shots more of am- flies. You know, more shots of flies. I think like more fly diagrams. Like there should have been a printed out fly diagram. In my opinion, yeah, we
1: needed to understand the fly biology.
0: (laughs) I agree. I agree. Wait, I think I read somewhere that Cronenberg used to be a.
1: Oh yeah, I read that too. Of an insect scientist. Yeah, he just studied (laughs) insects in college. His major was um the type of bug that butterflies are. I don't know the scientific name. Pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is. That'd be like calling me an art historian. So. You know, you are an artist. No. <laughs> Wait, before we give our final thoughts and ratings, I also wanted to talk about something I read on the Wikipedia page, which is that so there's two or one baboon, I guess, in this movie. It's probably the same baboon um, oh. who they conduct the experiments on. And they were saying that um, baboons basically can't be trained. So they just kind of had to like let it just do its thing and hope that they got the correct shots, but that they're also, you know, super hierarchical in their baboon day-to-day life and it really it was like scared of Jeff Goldblum because Jeff Goldblum is so tall. Huh. I that's another thing. I was like, why a baboon? It's probably so expensive. Like get a fucking I, cat. <laughs>
0: I know. I was like, "What about a rat? Yeah, or like a ma- like a mouse. Maybe Why because not?" Because a baboon
1: is like a human, in a or closer to a human. I don't know. I
0: guess I was. I, baboons scare me. I too.
1: know. And I was like, "If you the baboon can't even act or be trained, seems like a weird waste."
0: And it was like attracted to the screenwriter. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, someone yeah. on set was like attracted to it. <laughs> I was like, "Ah, that's so this scary. workplace does
1: not seem great."
0: Yeah. Anyway, Mackenzie. what are your final oh. thoughts?
1: Um, I really liked it. I enjoyed watching it again. I think um Drug movies are like really rewarding to like poke at the subtext of, um, and mm-hmm. that he really knows he's like an expert master at poking at things that um, affect us.
0: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna give it a seven. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. What about you? I think I, this is so. This is my first time seeing it, mm-hmm. but I really liked it, and I'm gonna get a bit a seven two. Nice. I really liked it. I like Kernenberg and like I said, I'm like body horror. I'm liking it more and more as I grow older. Ugh. Yeah. It's weird, <laughs> but you know, I'm into it. It's
1: because our bodies are becoming more monstrous with age.
0: <laughs> I think also like I work in the beauty industry and a lot of the things that like the treatments and stuff could also be i think Mm. explored as body horror so i'm just interested in thinking about that a little that's so
1: interesting that the line is very thin between uh beauty and monstrosity
0: yeah because i mean The things that you do to your body to maybe, like, make it more beautiful could be, uh... Yeah. Like, they are horror as you do them, and the result is determined to be beauty. Mm -hmm. Like, in this, uh, Deep Focus review of The Fly, um... What's his name? Brian Mm Eggert. Yep. uh, Says, um... The abortion surgery are on a basic level, uh... The willpower to change the body can overcome naturally occurring physical processes. The mind can take action to destroy physical progression, just as liposuction, cosmetic surgery, or organ transplants reinforce or work to better the body. Mm. It's just interesting about, like, I don't know. The tie is just, like, yeah. I don't think about it more. Yeah, there's a writer,
1: Arabelle, Arabella, um... Sicardi? Sicardi, who writes a lot about, like, beauty. How did you know that? That's amazing.
0: Because I thought... <laughs> Wow, I do have a memory. <laughs> uh, yeah, you do. She
1: writes a lot about how <laughs> beauty is terror and vice versa. Um, if you wanted to read more into that. Yeah. All right, let's jump on in into our next film.
0: The Brood by, from 1979. Frank and Nola Carveth are battling for the custody of their five-year-old, Candace. Frank remains Candace's primary caretaker while Nola is an, an experimental therapy facility the soma free institute at the institute nola relives childhood abuse under the guidance of the austere hal raglan who role plays as nola's parents and frank while nola processes feelings of abandonment trauma and rage the people closest to her are stalked by menacing childlike monsters the monster children attack and kill her abusive mother her distant father and candace's school teacher whom nola was threatened by Frank soon discovers that the monster children, who are uncannily similar to his daughter, are manifestations of his estranged wife's rage. This movie was crazy. Yeah, absolutely insane. Like, I admire that, like, how unique it was in its premise, just because, like, what the fuck? I've never, like, truly, thought of anything like truly. this. Uh, it, interesting,
1: too, to watch, I, I don't know about you, but I watched The Fly first, then The Brood. Me too. Um, And they're, you know, like seven years apart, but this movie seems Mm -hmm. so much more 70s. Uh, Yes. You know, it just seems much older, much more dated um, Mm -hmm. in its costuming and the actors Mm -hmm. and performances even. Um, Mm -hmm. So this was inspired by Cronenberg's own divorce, uh, and he modeled (sighs) the main characters, Frank and Nola, off his wife and himself. And you can tell he's definitely working through some divorce feelings. At one point, a character says, I think the... The lawyer, Frank's lawyer, says to him, like, the law believes in motherhood. they basically like, oh, women always win custody yeah. cases. Mm-hmm. And another line that I thought was just uh, perhaps... I don't know anything about his personal life other than that he was divorced, but, he, uh, I think Frank is explaining to the school teacher, his relationship with Nola. And he was like, she thought that she could catch my sanity or like borrow my, my sanity or something, you know, like she was so crazy. She thought that being with me would make her sane, you know? And I was wow. like, damn, if a man ever said that about me, <laughs> I would manifest a rage child <laughs> to kill them. <laughs> um, this is, I think interesting. In and, I'm happy we watched it because I think a lot of people think this movie is really misogynistic and then there's a lot of like Mm -hmm. feminist readings of it as well. And -hmm. I believe in both of them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I, it's, um, it has the same, like I was saying with Mm -hmm. the fly, like the same weird things about like the body and women, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, for sure. I think, and this movie too, like, I'll read the first, like, few lines from Brian Eggert's review in Deep Focus, mm-hmm. uh, in the, the Deep Focus review. It says, mind and body cannot coexist. Each works according to its own set parameters, generating with time, never in unison. Oblivious to the body, the mind exists freely until it is forced to contemplate its carrier. We take our bodies for granted, pending disease or injury, damaging them, at which point our minds are helpless us to do anything but... Uh, allow the body to run its course we look in the mirror and suddenly we're not that person we once recognize we get old thin wrinkled or fat our hair changes color any number of aging signs mm. somehow we feel different from what we see our bodies have betrayed us this mind-body dichotomy suggests that biology is to some extent inconsequential next to human consciousness that consciousness exists without benefit or bodily interference uh, wow yeah so, and that Krodenberg and is an alternate theme human reality corpora- Cor- I don't know how to say that. Reality, yeah. <laughs> exists parallel to, if not wholly exceeding, cognitive substance. Mm. I think that this movie, like it's, I think it's very interesting how the Soma Free Institute or whatever. Yeah. The whole premise of it is that like the mind and body are connected, and the guy. I guess it's sort of confusing the main guy hell reglin like yeah by getting you into the by doing his therapy on you the mind like manifests uh like her rage manifests as these like demon children but like this other guy like manifests like cancer of the throat yeah. and like at the very end there's a shot of candace being driven away and she herself has like these things growing on her so it's like suspected that she will eventually have like some like it's it's a like an it's like an illness of the mind is manifesting as like a physical illness Mm -hmm. sort of yeah which I think is really interesting and I almost wish they did more they went into that more yeah because it's almost like in terms of body horror this movie is pretty light on it until the very end which I think Maybe if they had explored that more, there would also be more body horror. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and maybe it would have been a bit more of an exciting film. Um, Yeah. You know, it's very Mm -hmm. quiet until maybe the last 15 minutes or so where things definitely pick up. So there's like this plot where um, Frank is trying to get custody of his daughter and people in his life uh, and in his family are being picked off by these crazy little monster kids um Mm -hmm. who were apparently played by female like little girl gymnasts which is funny (laughs) that's so
0: cute and they were (laughs) upset
1: because they couldn't see the movie because it was rated r um (laughs) uh and there's like the other interesting parallel to the fly is that this is also about a couple one member of the couple is undergoing or has undergone this like um horrific transformation
0: Mm -hmm. but
1: um Whereas, like, Veronica is like a really dutiful partner and she's really sympathetic towards Seth, Frank is repulsed and horrified by Nola. Um, Mm -hmm. And Nola is much more villainous than Seth is as well. I think she's supposed to be unaware that her kids are killing people.
0: Yeah, but it seemed like she knows. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. They kept saying she doesn't know, she doesn't know. But then at the end, it was like sort of
1: her like villain turn where she's like,
0: do I sicken you? Um, Oh my God. That was so cool, but also insane. It was
1: pretty insane. So the end of the film is Frank, it's their only scene together. And apparently, the actress, Samantha Edgar, was only on set for three days. Um, Yeah. She is wearing this very cool white. Top that's like two winged panels, and yeah. she lifts them up. And um I will say that I did not even focus on her breasts for a second because what the I don't other think, stuff?
0: I think they were covered. They were covered. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. But she has this
1: like external sack where she grows the kids.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy looking. It's, crazy. it's like f- a few different a few different things going on. She yeah. can maybe spit out a few
1: at a time. <sighs> And she pops one out of its sack and
0: like licks it. By like, by biting it. Yeah. She bites like in Twilight. Yeah. Seventy Meyer. The- <laughs> you owe Cronenberg some money. The, <laughs> she bites the sack open like Edward did with Bella. <laughs> and cradles her bloody rage child. <laughs> yeah. And licks the blood off of it.
1: Yes, it is very upsetting. <sighs> Insane yeah here's what barbara creed had to say about the brood in the monstrous feminine the final scenes help us to understand the possible origins of nola's rage her husband's disgust at her maternal mothering functions nola as an archetype archetypal queen bee uh as woman in her reproductive role repulses man the difference here of course is that nola compared to other women conceives and gives birth to her brood alone the her parthenogenic offspring are like zombies without a mind of their own. They are completely at their mother's bidding. They are in fact the mother, the father it appears has retreated from the family scene altogether. The implication is that without man, women can only give birth to a race of mutant murderous offspring. Um, and the other kind of interesting thing about this movie that I think would be fascinating even without like the body horror elements is that mm-hmm. it touches upon how like basically like trauma is generational and like mm-hmm. families repeat the same sort of yeah. um, model, like relationships. Uh, Mm -hmm. where Nola is the way she is because she was a victim of her mother's abuse. And then at Mm -hmm. the end of the film, we see that Candace is also developing these Mm -hmm. um, sacks on her body because she has Mm -hmm. been abused by her mother, Mm -hmm. Um, which I thought was really interesting. And it made me think of some other horror movies where a girl inherits like a monstrous ability from her mother. Um, And the one I thought of was this werewolf movie called when animals dream, uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's like, an, it's like an Eastern European film, but it's about this girl who lives on like this small fishing island, and her mother is dead, and she starts to undergo like werewolf transformations, and she eventually realizes that her mom died of her own werewolf transformation. Uh, um, but it reminded me of that of like something that like mothers pass to daughters
0: as a yeah. trope, or like raw another. Oh yeah, role, or like really. raw.
1: That's very true. Her mom <sighs> is also. I think it's definitely a trope. I'm like it has to.
0: Yeah, there has to be more examples thing.
1: of women picking up fucked up stuff from their mom uh, 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 i didn't like the husband's performance i thought he was too flat i don't know about you
0: um yeah i i especially compared to nola the girl
1: the yeah
0: woman.
1: yeah or jeff goldblum's performance either too you know like yeah. just really flat i thought candace was also really creepy candace was creepy yeah candace should have been a red flag that something was up <laughs>
0: yeah with the whole family and they called her Candy. I think it's important to mention that everyone calls her Candy the whole time. Yeah, which like she this girl is ready is like going to be traumatized. Deeply, no deeply, deeply upsetting. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um so I think that the feminist reading of this movie um is that, you know, like Nola is the way she is because of the men in her life. Like, the doctor, her husband, she also, at one point when she's kind of, like, in therapy addressing her father, blames him for not protecting her from her mother. Hmm. So I think some feminist film scholars, including Barbara Creed, have kind of read this movie as she is the way she is because of, like, male intervention that have driven her to this um, point, Hmm. Uh, rather than her being inherently, like, monstrous, maybe. Uh, It's their reactions Mm. to her that have pushed her in this direction. Yeah.
0: I guess I can see that. Like, Mm -hmm. The perfect storm of bad things. Yeah. This, like, mm-hmm. three out of four of those are men. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: definitely, like, kind of an indictment, like a snarky indictment, I think, of psychotherapy and therapy in general.
0: Yeah. I think so, too. Um,
1: like, look at this quack.
0: Yeah. And what he's up I to. think it's, like, I, uh, they show a shot of the um, Hal... What's his name? Hal Ragland's yeah. book. And it's just, like... I can picture so clearly like like it's it just is like a 70s paperback book like you can picture mm-hmm. it that I think just in the 70s a lot of weird shit was going on do you know what I mean like I think oh, for sure that is also a like time capsule of like the way that like weird weird science psychology shit was happening in the 70s I'm sure now too but it just had a certain aesthetic oh f-
1: yeah 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 it really really really, really did <laughs> Uh, it's funny that the little monsters are, like, in snowsuits.
0: I know! They, it's weird. They look like little, like, marshmallows or something. Like, <laughs> peeps. They're, like, little peeps. that yeah. are demons. I did not, ex- like, I
1: didn't, I know that, I knew that this movie going in was about a woman who, like, produced, like, creepy offspring, but the mm-hmm. first time there was, like, a shot of one of them in the staircase, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs>
0: I was expecting creepier. Yeah, me I too. I was expecting because they look like cat people, like yeah. cat people, almost like. Uh, and I was expecting like like an oozing type deformity. That not would have like been, a, yeah, you know, like just because of like Cronenberg. I wonder
1: room, if there so. was like censorship. Like I, I would have thought that he would have exploited looking at that autopsy scene of one of the creepy children for yeah, a moment right. of body horror. But I wonder if there was, like, censorship because it looked like a child. Yes. Like, you couldn't yeah. show anything.
0: I want, Yeah, probably. Because mm-hmm. I feel like he would have
1: snapped that up. Yeah. <laughs> it was very tame. <laughs> Terrible police work in this movie where... Mm-hmm. <laughs> they search the whole house can't find the creepy child there's obviously like blood prints of a small child's hand and they're like
0: what <laughs> yeah they were like we just weren't looking for anything that small and we missed it they literally say that i do appreciate though that they believe the husband oh, and they're like because his- he's a man You're right, you're right. But I just wasn't, I didn't want to deal with any of that bullshit where it's like...
1: Oh no, you have to believe me, it's not me. Yeah, exactly, I hate that shit. I hate that too.
0: There's no time. Yeah,
1: exactly, it wastes time in a movie. You're like, come on. (laughs) You would not like The Invisible Man.
0: (laughs) God damn it, I know.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, Roger Ebert hated this movie. He can kind of be one of our one-star reviews. He said, (laughs) this movie is a bore. That's because hardly anything of interest happens until the last 15 minutes or so. Edgar's husband is opposed to the Institute, thinks she's being a prisoner there, rants and raves a lot, and finally breaks in. But otherwise, there's just a lot of coming and going and musing, as the music on the soundtrack hints darkly at terrible things to come. What's the purpose of this film? Other than to serve as a tax shelter, of course. I don't know. It's never really scary. It's disgusting in ways that are not entertaining, as opposed, for example, to the great disgusting moments in Alien or Dawn of the Dead.
0: You know... I think that it's just it is entertaining in the way that it is disgusting. I disagree there, but I do agree that nothing interesting happens.
1: Yeah, it's a the end. It's it's if the fly is pretty economical in its storytelling, this is yeah. very drawn Not, out. Yeah, very drawn out until the end. I'll read the first one-star review, which is just 90% just plain boring. Also by
0: Roger Ebert. Just kidding. <laughs> That was a Chick Flicks original in JK. It was from IMDb. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, the second is, thank goodness this turd bombed so they couldn't do a part two. The fake blood was lame. The attack on grandma was about the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. The wax were off target and were obviously doing no damage. Pretty funny it was with a meat tenderizer, though. No damage. Uh, 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 <laughs> it was like
1: a video game. <laughs> <laughs> These children can barely function with their meat tenderizer.
0: It's like me when I try and like shovel something in Animal Crossing, and I miss, and I just do a little dance. That's like how. Yeah, sorry. Everything relates. I wish sorry. I, wish, like, back I wish to it could relate to Animal Crossing. I should like stream it so you can watch me. Oh, you should. That'd be so soothing. <laughs> Become a Twitch <laughs> I have such girl. Such a cute house. Oh my god. An e girl. An e girl. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, in this economy, might be the only source of sell my my bathwater. <laughs> oh that's viable um it would really help us out if you left us a review on apple podcasts and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts you can follow us on instagram and twitter at chick, fl- chick flicks pod at chick flicks pod. <laughs> and email us at chick flicks at gmail.com our next episode will air on april 20th and we will be talking about the Wailing and the wicker man the original
0: not the nick cage one yes i've never seen either so excited mm. Chick Flix is researched and written by Bridget Hovell and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Many thanks to Tim Creep Carlson for our music. Thanks for listening to Chick Flix. Bye. Bye. Stay safe. Wash your reams.